and welcome to the second episode of Mockery Cushion. I'm Faye Lenner. I'm Ben Maloney. I'm Hugh McCarran. Today we'll be looking at a conspiracy theory all about the early Middle Ages. So come take a seat with us on the Mockery Cushion as we delve back in time. My first question to you is, is the current year 2020 or is it 1723? Depends how long long I was asleep outside the Burger King. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, carry on, carry on. Um, According to a Heribert Illig, we are currently living in the 1720s. So, Herbert Illig was a Bavarian writer and historian. He has come up with this conspiracy theory that states that part of the early Middle Ages did not exist. Specifically, the years between 614 and 911 AD. So that's 297 years that he is saying did not exist. And he also states that Charlemagne very key historical figure, did not exist and he was completely made up. So, thoughts so far? I, I didn't realise he he stated that Charlemagne didn't exist. Yeah, because I guess he's the significant figure of, of yeah. uniting Europe during that time yeah. period. Or uniting Central Europe and Western Europe. So, um, wow. This is interesting. Mm. Um so what 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 uh when so who is this guy when was he alive yeah. well so he um he spent a lot of time researching history and he's been called a revisionist so he's looked mm. at past historical documents and he's well it's in the title he's revised them to make up his own theories so illig was born in (laughs) (laughs) conclusions before we've even started to to fake this whole thing (laughs) (laughs) to tamper with the evidence tale Uh, so he was born in 1947 so he is currently 73 and i think he is still alive well, there's there's interviews with him on YouTube, but they're all in German, unfortunately, and I don't understand German very much. Yeah, I know. I tried to find some, but I didn't know what they were talking about, so yeah. I didn't bother. Um, we, we should point out, just because it's a conspiracy theory, doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. Maybe it yeah, is yeah. not true in this case, potentially, but a conspiracy theory is just any yeah. explanation which involves... Yeah. I mean, we'll look at the evidence for and against this theory, so you guys can make your own decisions Yeah. at the end of this podcast so this theory was first proposed in 1991 some of this evidence i mean i'm not gonna lie is very flimsy but it's stated as evidence nonetheless our first bit of of evidence so illig has said that not much archaeological evidence from that time period exists that that is actually true there's relatively little compared to... Yeah. The thing is, not only archaeological evidence, just any kind of historical records. I mean, that's why we called it, mm. the, call it the Dark Ages, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not very... because it was dark, as I yeah. thought. Yeah, not, not, not because it was not because yeah. there was yeah, yeah. There, was a, there was a little sun for. for it was just yeah. an eclipse. Yeah, they only invented the sun a few years. In a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like the 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 um the god who the dung beetle who rolls it across the sky. He had yeah. a he had a few years off. Yeah, and then of yeah. course you know later and into the sort of the eighteen hundreds, they invented things started to become black and white. Yeah. Yeah, it went out, and then they went up there with a uh, when they invented gas lamps to put it. Yeah, back. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, he stated that because there's no archaeological evidence that the time period must not exist. He also said that Roman architecture looks too modern and therefore can't have been built that long ago. Yeah. Okay. okay, okay yeah. Let me just slightly defend <laughs> his point of view there. In that, what he was saying is that there seems to be a ton of Romanesque type architecture from that period when supposedly the Roman Empire fell a few hundred years earlier. I mean, what was it, 400s that the Roman Empire dissolved in Europe? But but then, I mean, the the counterpoint to that is, counterpoint, um, (laughs) is that... uh, well, I mean, there's there, well, there's always been Roman architecture ever since. Yeah, I mean, we we, we still build Roman architecture. Yeah. You know, there's Roman architecture in Manchester that's that was yeah. built less than hundred years ago. So I'm not really sure what what I'm not quite sure what he was getting at there. But yeah, I'm not sure either. Surely the Roman Empire had a massive influence still on European culture. Only well, that's yeah. a good point. I'm sure it would have only done. a couple of hundred years after. It yeah, you would think I mean, so. it had such a prominent role that its influences can't just suddenly stop. Mm, right, yeah. next bit of very conclusive evidence. So, Illig has stated that three rulers got together and changed the year. So, these three rulers are Pope Sylvester II, Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, and the Byzantine Emperor Constantine VII. All the boys. Now, according to <laughs> all the boys. Cracking <laughs> 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 open a cold run and getting down with the clocks and yeah. the calendars. Yeah. Let's just go and make up three hundred years, shall we? After all this time. They're, they're the ultimate pranksters. <laughs> yeah, still no one prank believes prank it. Troll. Way. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Sorry, so carry on. These three lads yeah. uh, apparently got together and changed the year to 1000 AD when it was only 996 AD. Now, apparently, they did this so that Otto would begin his rule at 1000 AD, which apparently sounded more meaningful. Yeah, and we do like round numbers. That's mm. a human. Wait, thing. hang on. So you're saying. He only added on four years then. So these three boys were not actually born in the early 10th century, like it says, but they wanted to fabricate this period so that they were actually born in the 7th century. They wanted to make up these years so it looked like they were born in the 900s. And therefore their significant work would be centred around the year 1000 and therefore we'd remember them and it legitimised their... Uh, roles in the in the empire is that that sort of logistic? Oh yeah, also oh, I see. So they added in these years to make themselves look more significant. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's right. Yeah, yeah. So 
When were they actually alive? They were alive. He Illig suggests I mean, that they were born in the seventh century. In yeah, the, but but they. Oh, I see. In the sixth century, yeah, but conventional history convent- states that they were all alive in the tenth century. Yeah, but, so yeah. that's what they wanted us to, to believe. Is his? Yeah. Illig says that they that they wanted us to believe that they were actually alive three hundred years before they were, and that they changed their dates to make their reigns. No, after three hundred years after they. Oh, no, it was before. No, before. Yeah, yeah. so Illig, Illig wanted... Right, Illig said that these three boys actually made themselves alive <laughs> 300 years after they were actually alive. <laughs> for, yeah. for a few yeah. minutes I thought I understood it and now you confused me again. No, they wanted they wanted people to so his theory is that he, they wanted people to believe that they were alive in the tenth century, but but conventional history already tells us that they were alive in the tenth century, but Illig is saying no, they they actually were from 300 years before. That, that's, that's it, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. They changed their own dates to make them look more significant. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we were confused as we were reading current history rather than Illig's history. Yeah. Because these three guys supposedly invented these years, they invented Charlemagne. Now, do you know much about him? Uh, well, he was... Uh, uh, king of the Franks. Frankic, yeah, king of of, of Franks, but yeah, also um, in in like the the seven hundreds, eighth century. But he he was a kind of influential figure in uniting European countries during that period, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, so he um he united a lot of the Germanic people across Europe, and he was crowned Roman emperor by Pope Leo the Third, and Charlemagne is credited with i don't want to say enforcing but basically enforcing christianity on Mm. the west and he Mm. pretty much did this by going up to the pagans and saxons and saying if you don't become Mm. christian i will just chop your heads off gentle encouragement yes so yeah so apparently charlemagne didn't exist now there are Mm. other examples of tampering with evidence from the Middle Ages. Now there was this this guy called Horst Fuhrmann, excuse my German pronunciation, and he was a German historian who researched the Middle Ages and he was the president of the Monumented Germany Historica, which is a very highly regarded institute which researched the Middle Ages based in Germany and they specifically researched editions and sources from the time and they discovered lots of forgeries specifically documents forged by churches creating fake laws and popes signing various documents that weren't actually signed by popes so there is historical evidence of forgeries or lots of forgeries especially in the church from the middle ages cross-reference it and say that something like this might be possible but then the the other issue here is that obviously western european history isn't the only history of the world and there are surely 
records of this period from you know Chinese dynasties and from mm. Eastern yeah. empires and yeah other going parts to get into of the world. later yeah that's in my evidence against yeah. all right okay, okay. so the, where that's coming is it yeah, yeah. all right so another reason why Illig uh, has proposed this theory is something to do with the mathematical discrepancies between the Julian and the Gregorian calendars mm. Mm. This is this is what I was gonna uh, try and explain, but if you want to go ahead, no, you go ahead, Ben. Okay, um, so you all probably know on a, on a basic level that the world, the Earth, not the world, the Earth rotates. It's same flat. thing, rotates every. <laughs> that's for another episode. <laughs> rotates three hundred and sixty-five times a year mm-hmm. on its axes. Um, but most of you probably also know that it's slightly more complicated than that. It's 365.25, right? Because we add, yeah. Yeah. Uh, every four years, we add a, a day to a leap year, so like an extra day. Mm. Well, it turns out it's actually even more complicated than that. It, uh, if you're interested, it rotates 365.25242192419 times every year. Yeah, and when you work out the difference there, um, you get uh, basically it's zero point zero zero seven eight to one times extra that we don't account for. Yeah. So basically, um, that doesn't seem very significant, but after a a period of one hundred and twenty eight years, it is that extra percentage has um, added up to the equivalent of an entire day okay yeah and oh, wow so the julian calendar which uh by the way was implemented in 45 bc was, a, <clears throat> was um, it, i'm guessing was, by the roman emperor yeah. julius was it yes um and uh basically the julian calendar as a concept doesn't account for that it doesn't account for the extra mm. um amount so basically yeah. eventually when the gregorian calendar was introduced the uh it was part which was in like the 15 yeah it was in uh yeah it was in 1582 um that's right uh was introduced partially to account for this issue and by that point since the uh i I think since the yes since the implementation of the julian calendar 1627 years had passed which turns out to be 13 sets of 128 years and so in theory that means that the julian the uh yes the julian calendar should be 13 days off the mark Mm. because there are 13 sets of these unaccounted times It turns out actually that when you compare them, the Julian calendar was is only behind by ten days, not thirteen days. Mm. So when you consider the three, that's three hundred years ish left yeah. un- unaccounted for in the yeah. gap between the calendars. That um, mm. doesn't make <laughs> sense. By the way, the, the the Gregorian calendar that we use now, this is really weird and convoluted. Takes account of that extra. Point zero zero seven eight one. Every one hundred, so we add a leap year every four years. But every one hundred years, um, rather than one hundred twenty eight years, every mm. hundred years we take out a leap year, yeah. and then really? yeah, and then every mm. four hundred years we add one back in. 
So that basically we're out yeah. by a, we're out by a day every one thousand years, except it doesn't really matter because yeah, yeah. there aren't that really that many sets of thousand years left. So but, when's the next well, how do time you know, then? we take out a leap <laughs> yeah, year? Yeah, if it was introduced in 1582, was it? Then it might be every 82. Every how many like... people keep track of when a leap year is? Oh, anyway? There must be someone. Like, yeah, there must be someone who does this. Well, I mean, a lot of people. Well, I mean, it the must turn be of like... the century was pretty weird. At uh, the turn of the millennium, sorry, everyone thought the world was going to end. So I'm not surprised oh, we yeah. forgot about the leap yeah. year. <laughs> uh, I'm sure someone's programmed it into a computer somewhere. Yeah, Probably. exactly. But the, the key point here is that there are 300 years discrepancy between the Julian and the Gregorian calendar, mm. which pretty much counts to the period that he's talking about, right? So, yeah. so is, there a, is there a counter... What's the counter-argument for... Well, this? that's interesting. So the, the counter-argument there is that um, they people, a lot of historians argue that he doesn't account for the difference in the resetting of the calendar. So basically... The assumption here is that for the discrepancy to exist, they were having to reset the calendar back to 45 BC, which is when they introduced the Julian calendar, right? But they argue, a lot of historians now argue that, uh, so the Council of Nicaea, who was um, a bunch of Christians, obviously, in uh i think what's now (laughs) 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 well well, what else are they gonna be um it's always the christians in turkey uh modern day turkey of course which was um i don't know if they're in constantinople i don't think they were but obviously constantinople was kind of a significant place to be yeah those were the places to be and um they basically the argument is that they didn't reset it from 45 BC. They, they only reset it from 325 AD, which is when they were they met to discuss the adjustment of the yeah. calendars. So basically that pretty much accounts for 300 odd years. Uh, um, but hmm. is it, oh, so, I mean, can so, we be sure? I don't know. So, so the, so. So they decided to change it there and then. They didn't account for the gap going back yeah. to 45 BC, is, yeah. is the point. Ben, your point moves us nicely into the against section. If it didn't exist, what was the rest of the world doing? Did that just get cut out as well? Mm. Like There are historical records from the rest of the world and from other mm. cultures about historical figures such as Charlemagne. So it would be a bit uh. strange if... This is like the, the cross. The three lines. Yeah. Maybe all, all the evidence of Charlemagne was just planted, yeah. planted yeah. all over the Charlemagne, world. Charlemagne the charlatan. Yeah. yeah. But this, yeah. this kind of um, is the same thing with, for example, the New Testament story is that Jesus' existence is, is reliably cross-referenced through, by, via other cultures, yeah. i.e. the Romans yeah. talk about him existing as a person and therefore yeah. there's, it's pretty stupid to deny he doesn't he isn't real. I mean, yeah. whether you believe, obviously, all the stuff that comes with the Christian idea of Jesus is another thing, but we, you, yeah. we cannot deny that he was a person that existed. Yeah. Um, and it's kind yeah. of the same. But also, uh, the other thing I'd like to point out is the amount of accounts, stories, writings about somebody like King Arthur 
who was another sixth century figure from the same kind of not really long before who we sort of accept as a legend a mythical legend in some ways mm. now that's who, true um, who who seems to have been kind of littered in the history books so where do we yeah. how do we discern yeah. between the myth and the that's such a good point i think with um with king arthur it definitely must be based on some sort of historical king that defeated the saxons but then it's Mm. just sort of been romanticized and got lost yeah Yeah. jeffrey of monmouth or whatever his name was right but but so charlemagne's (laughs) his conquests have been noted in other other cultures as well like his defeat of the saxons when he defeated the saxons um that's been noted mm. in the Saxon Chronicles mm. of History. There have been astronomers who have argued that this this missing 300 years can't be missing because there have been recorded dates of solar mm. eclipses dating back to Roman and Greek philosophers that yeah. align consistently with the inclusion of these 300 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think I've uh, read about that, about... Um, yeah. Oh, what was his name? One of the big, one of the big men. Was it Pliny or something like that? Something like Pliny that. Pliny the Elder, I think it might be. Yeah. But he, he, um, they, they. You can figure out. Obviously, you can look at the the stars and mm. the constellations. You can work out at what point there would have been. Yeah. Solar. I mean, they, they must have like been able to map out. Yeah, the whole, that's sort of it. History of of the path of the stars. So they mapped out the, the exact time of day and date. Yeah. I think it was mm. it was nearly two thousand years ago. Yeah. Here it is, one thousand nine hundred sixty-one years ago that there yeah. would have been a solar eclipse um, over um, the town which Pliny the Elder was in. And yeah. sure enough, they cross-referenced it, and he wrote about a solar eclipse on yeah. that day. Yeah. So I mean, how? Mm. Yeah, yeah it, it's it, actually I find it amazing that we've counted the years that consistently since. I know it's fascinating, that, isn't it? That they've, of time. Yeah, yeah. That they've kept track so perfectly, um, and also Halley's comet, because it's so. What well, I say so often, it, it passes Earth. That the consistency of that also accounts for the three hundred years. So, wow. yeah, as you say, there are these examples i mean changing the num- year, number of years is one thing but historical revisionism like the idea of rewriting parts of history um, yeah. isn't something that's completely unheard of um, no I, I i sort of find it bewildering that there's there's you know, there's strong evidence against this theory and, and Illig was so confident to put it forward still. And the, the idea that he wouldn't know about things like, you know, the, the solar eclipses. It was very bold, it's extremely bold to put out a theory like that. Yeah, maybe not, he not just, into account maybe he just like, looked at that evidence and was like, nah, I don't need that. Yeah, so and then <laughs> what's name? Yeah, Hector, turn the Hector. Blind eye. Hector. No, Her- Herbert. Oh, Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great name. Hector. <laughs> Yeah, Herbert. Oh, Hector. No, it starts with an H. Um, so but I'm trying. To, I want to see if there's anything he actually wrote himself about it. Because he... um, well, while you're looking for that, got a couple more bits of evidence against. There are um, <laughs> other <laughs> documented histories from other countries that overlap with these apparently missing 300 years. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Here we go. I found something. I found an article he wrote in English. 
Oh, right. Or um, is it just translated by Google? Uh, well, it, it, no, it's in it's in the right language to start with, whether he wrote it in English. What's or it not. called? Uh, it's called Anomalous Eras, Best Evidence, Best Theory. <laughs> he's, uh, he's not. Uh, he's obviously quite confident in his theory. Yeah. Um, it's a Toronto conference, um, and it's June 2005. Ooh, and okay. The subtitle is The Invented Middle Ages. What started me off, he says, was a phone call from my from a friend. He was looking into forgeries in the Middle Ages. In 1986, there had been a conference on this subject in Munich, the results of which were reprinted in six volumes, totaling 3,700 pages. The final, so I don't fancy reading them. The final talk was given by Prof. Hurst Furman, who you were mentioning. Oh, yeah, him, yeah. The president of the, they're obviously chums. That sounds like Professor, by the way, Ben. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. I was just just using a street name. You're trying to be down with the kids. Prof. Furman. I'm cool. The furball, as as I like to call him. Monumenta (laughs) Germania, I don't know. (laughs) Germania Historica. Historica. The institution that prepares the critical edition of the old and oldest German documents. Furman talked of forgeries with anticipatory character. Far too much is ascribed to this one person. This is Charlemagne, presumably. Um, Oh, yeah, great Charles, yeah. (laughs) Great Charles. (laughs) How much of it is true? Great Charlie boy. The written sources cannot answer that question. (laughs) The Nicaea squad. Even though whilst he was alive and before he was crowned emperor, they speak of the beacon of Europe and the father of Europe. For the moment, let's leave aside the written sources and consult material evidence. Now, here we go. This is the nitty gritty. For the item, architectural findings versus architectural history, the famous Aachen Palpatine Chapel. What? Beautifully read. Those sounds like something from Star Wars is the best example. For this structure, his most important palace, Charlemagne was not the only patron, but according to some reports, also the architect and building supervisor. Because this, but that does sound a bit. That sounds a bit like, oh, he does, he does everything. He's, such a, he's, he's not a one-trick pony, this Charlemagne. He's an all-around yeah. genius. But I feel like the people that built this cathedral could have just like put his name on the contract to make it look cooler. That's true. These architectural features have neither predecessors nor direct successors. All the details had to be rediscovered independently during the subsequent Romanesque period. I guess he's saying it might. It just seems a bit unrealistic that he maybe did. I, I think what so he's saying. He, he's saying here. Look, he's comparing it to other buildings of the time, uh, other buildings of the same period, and that there's none before it and none for a significant period after it with the same level of construction or detail. Yeah. Um, and I think this is in reference to the but Roman. For what rate? What range of of time though? Yeah, uh, because I mean. So he says uh, there is no building with a dome after eight twenty. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. So his point is that and there's the there's drops. a period of architecture which doesn't seem to have the same. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. align with the other periods of architecture. All right, okay, yeah. And he and he was Therefore, saying about it must be in a different time. <laughs> what this just um, this is getting a bit into three, four, five, six, seven, seven days of creation. <laughs> This is getting a bit into the ramblings of a madman, isn't it? Yeah. 
I'm really confused. <laughs> creation one <laughs> and six thousand one. It's starting to look like uh, some kind of witchcraft. Oh wait, I think his is his point. He's calculating how they worked out how many years they'd been since the creation of the world in in medieval theory. I think that's what he means. Okay. I don't think it's a. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's the ramblings of a nut job. Yeah. Quite. You said that, not us. Ah, right. Yeah. So another bit of evidence against. So one of the arguments that Illig made was that there wasn't much archaeological evidence from the time period. Now, the Dark Ages are so-called the Dark Ages because of the lack of archaeological evidence. Now, this was after the fall of the Roman Empire, and various historians have stated that the lack of evidence may just be from the fall and the fallout and the repercussions of having to rebuild certain levels of society. I don't know what your views are on that. So that makes sense. They're not going to make physical records of things, but obviously that's not the only way that you can trace back. I personally don't agree. Fair enough. Uh, I just think that there's there's too much astronomical evidence that is trustworthy. The Romans were here for what, like nearly 500 years? Yeah. So the fallout of that would have been quite significant. So I think the lack of the lack of evidence for that is, well, quite a self-explanatory, really. Yeah, my, my main issues with with it are just the the lack of uh, aligning to to the history of other countries. But I would, I would, I would like, I would definitely like to sit down with Mr. Illig and see what he would say to these. Yeah, me too. Ca- these, these are counter arguments that we yeah. come up with. We've got to remember this guy was born in the 1940s. It, a lot of the uh, there was a lot of sorts of stuff coming out at that time. I mean, is it possible that this has really only been strongly disproven in hindsight? Well, maybe. No, I don't know I if it was think, ever really accepted, was it? I, mean, I just think yeah, no, that's true, actually. his evidence, like, he's got some evidence, but then when you look at the science and the astronomy, it just doesn't really fit. There's another article, if people want to find out more, by uh, a Dr. Hans Ehrlich Niemitz, who published a paper in 1995 called Did the Early Middle Ages Really Exist? Now, yeah, and I would say even if, obviously, the, the theory doesn't check out in terms of years missing, there's a wider point here about what's how much we can rely on writings from that long ago and yeah. how we mm. sort fact from from fiction and um, yeah. whether these um, historical figures always had the, the interest of recording accurate yeah. history uh, at heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there have yeah. been examples of people recording events differently, for example, from when the Saxons were the predominant people in England. The, the monks 
from around the country would write down events in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, which was a massive book. So each abbey would have its own book. But because each abbey wanted their own place to sound significant, they would alter all the details. So there's no like one reliable source. Uh, yeah. A forgery that involves the entire... Mm. A, cons- a consistent view of European history can't yeah. be done on a small yeah. scale. You'd have to have yeah. everybody, every scribe writing books in yeah. on the whole thing. If you try and go back to then in a time machine and it doesn't exist, Ooh. what yeah. happens to you then? Do you, you just it, sort of glitch out and the TARDIS, opens, mm. the TARDIS opens and it's just like white. I, I mean, would you just arrive in nothing and you'd be stuck there? Yeah, but, but how, would how it, do you would mean, the system go faulty? Maybe it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah maybe but it would what, just be like invalid date or something. Yeah, but what 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 are you putting into the the date though? Um, yeah, well, yeah, because if you put like you know eight ooh. eight eight hundred AD, you'd you'd still get taken to eight hundred AD. It would just mm. be. Uh, yeah. Maybe it would be it would be oh, later yeah, on in true. the chronology. It would, yeah, you'd go back. Would you'd prove... go back in time to stop them from doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he's saying that it's currently seventeen in the seventeen twenties. So what if we put in eighteen twenties, right? And then it took us to, to like the past. Then mm-hmm. we would know that the theory was wrong. Oh, We'd yeah. be able to find yeah. out if Martha Brown yeah, exactly. really killed her husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's definitely innocent, then. Oh, no. The, the whole, it was the horse who had the hatchet. The horse picked up the horse. The horse smashed his head in. <laughs> I see. Anyway. It was in, he was in love with him the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> when he found out he was having an affair. I, was thinking, I ferried you around every day of my life. And <laughs> you betrayed me. You've ridden, <laughs> you've ridden me for, for 20 years. I let you ride me for the time. <laughs> wow. Do the horse voice. I let you, uh, <laughs> I let you ride, ride me for the past 10 years. <laughs> Is the horse a woman? I, I was just thinking of like a neigh, a horse neigh, but trying to make it a voice. Make it longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. So, Ben, Hugh, did the Middle Ages exist? Uh, probably. I think so. Conclusive. Want to Hugh? talk to Mister. I think so, yeah. But I think I, we should I, talk to I, Mr. Illig. To to I Illig. think we should. I might drop Once him an email. We are fluent in German. We need to get him on the show. And, uh, yeah, we'll get him on a future episode. Yeah. This might be a, or will it be the past two. episode? Oh, 